John the Baptist was in the wilderness calling for people to be baptized to show that they were changing their hearts and lives and wanted God to forgive their sins. Everyone in Judea and all the people of Jerusalem went out to the Jordan River and were being baptized by John as they confessed their sins. John wore clothes made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. He announced, one stronger than I am is coming after me. I'm not even worthy to bend over and loosen the strap of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. About that time, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. And while he was coming out from the water... Jesus saw the heavens splitting open in the spirit like a dove coming down on him. And there was a voice from heaven. You are my son whom I dearly love. and you I find happiness. At once the spirit forced Jesus out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness for 40 days tempted by Satan. He was among the wild animals and the angels took care of him. After John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee announcing God's good news, saying, Now is the time. Here comes God's kingdom. Change your hearts and lives and trust this good news. As Jesus passed alongside the Galilee Sea, he saw two brothers, Simon and Andrew, throwing fishing nets into the sea, for they were fishermen. Come and follow me, he said, and I'll show you how to fish for people. Right away, they left their nets and followed him. After going a little farther, he saw James and John Zebedee's sons in their boat repairing the fishing nets. At that very moment, he called them. They followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired workers. This is indeed the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You can be seated. Let us pray. Almighty God, open our hearts to you. Open our hearts to your word. A word that passes swiftly and faithfully from the ear to the heart and the heart to the life. Amen. Introductions are important. They set the tone for what you're about to listen to, read, or to watch. They should captivate your interest and reel you into what's about to unfold. They set the stage for the action that's about to follow. And good introductions, unlike this one, clue you in on the major themes and messages of what you're reading, listening to, or watching. They point us to the overall message of what we are taking in, the themes that will appear throughout. I say all of this this morning, for we just read Mark's introduction to his gospel. Because this morning, you are kicking off a new sermon series titled, Mark My Words, the original gospel. From now, and I think Andrew, till about Easter, you all will be going through the gospel of Mark and exploring the life and ministry of Jesus according to the gospel of Mark, which is the oldest and shortest of the four Gospels. 
And through this series, you will witness Jesus' baptism, see his miracles, hear his stories, journey with Jesus to the cross and share in the good news of the resurrection. You will engage in the unfolding story of Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee and be challenged to believe that neither demonic powers nor brutal rulers can ultimately triumph over Jesus or over you. We kick off this series with Mark's introduction, which is centered around Jesus' baptism. And it's a quite different introduction than the other three Gospels. Matthew and Luke's Gospels start off with the stories centered around Jesus' birth and all the events that surround his birth, which we celebrate and read together over the last month or so. And then John begins with a grand prologue. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But Mark, Mark hits the ground running. He gives us one quick verse introduction to the gospel, the beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ, God's Son. And boom, we're at John the Baptist and Jesus' baptism in the Jordan River. But nonetheless, this introduction to Mark's gospel provides crucial details about what the point is of Mark's gospels. It clues us into some main ideas that Mark will flesh out in the following 15 chapters. Now, I'm usually not the person that likes to give spoilers about TV shows or movies, but... Andrew, forgive me, I can't help but spoiling the end of Mark's gospel for you all, in case you all don't know. Because in my opinion, along with some other biblical scholars, the climax of Mark's gospel is in chapter 15, as Jesus is hanging on the cross, and a Roman centurion proclaims, maybe in a mocking way, that this truly is God's Son. And as Jesus takes his last breath, The veil of the temple is torn. Now, I encourage you to continue to come to church and to hear all about the series now that I've given the climax and spoiler away. But if that's the climax of Mark's gospel, then how Mark introduces the gospel will set that stage. For our climax in today's passage is in verse 11, when a voice from the heaven proclaims to Jesus, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And as John baptizes Jesus, and Jesus comes up out of the water, the heavens split open, and the dove, like the Spirit, came upon Jesus. Similar things happening at the beginning of Mark's gospel and the end of Mark's gospel. Mark wants people to know who Jesus is right from the jump. Mark wants his audience to know about Jesus' divine identity from the very beginning. Mark wants us to have insider information that the characters in his gospel don't have, which becomes painstakingly clear throughout the gospel. Mark wants us to see right from the beginning Christ's servant leadership, 
with his identity as God's son and what that means for our discipleship as a follower of God. And as Jesus is baptized, as he enters those waters of the Jordan River with John the Baptist next to him, Jesus identifies with us. He humbles himself into undergoing an earthly baptism, something he doesn't have to do as God's son. And there the heavens open up to proclaim that God's kingdom is here now. It's a present reality. A dove like the Spirit descends upon Christ so that he can baptize with the Holy Spirit so he can live into God's mission. In Jesus' baptism, the church is born and Christ's faith washes over the entire earth. And so whenever we undergo our baptism, we become incorporated into Christ's baptism. We become incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation. We become incorporated into Christ's and the church's mission. We are initiated into Christ's holy church and we declare and we embody the reign of God. For we are baptized together with Christ and with each other. And so therefore, it's not surprising that the end of today's passage ends with Jesus calling the first disciples because we are baptized together with Christ and we are baptized together with each other. And so after Jesus spends some time in the wilderness after his baptism, 40 days, Jesus hits the ground running, living into his baptism and inviting others to live into their shared baptism with him. And while Jesus can do anything he wants, he doesn't need us to do his amazing miracles that proclaim his identity, which again is evidenced by the disciples' lack of awareness in Mark. We know that God's preferred plan is to partner with us to bring God's kingdom here on earth. For God partnered with Noah to build the ark. God partners with us, wants to partner with us to bring God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven, to proclaim that Jesus is God's son, to proclaim the good news that the kingdom of God has come near. The heavens are torn open. In Jesus' baptism, the kingdom of God became a present reality in our world today. For the heavens were torn open and the Spirit descended upon Jesus. And for just a brief moment, there was no way to distinguish between the kingdom of God and the earthly life of wilderness, anguish, and pain there at the Jordan River. No distinction. The heavens had ripped open, the kingdom of God had come near. And today, I wonder if the heavens are ripped open with the kingdom of God coming down in the midst of our wilderness pain and anguish, or are the heavens sealed and silent? I think for many, they feel as if the heavens are sealed and silent, no trace of the kingdom of God, the reality of Christ in their lives. 
For our world is filled with loneliness and randomness, depression, illness, and hatred, deep division, animosity, rivalry, hurt, and brokenness. And all of this piles up on some that it just feels like the heavens are sealed and silent. For today, our world craves for the heavens to be opened again and the kingdom of God to come down into our world once more. And isn't that what our baptisms are all about? Being incorporated into Christ's baptism? Becoming emboldened to participate in Christ's mission to tear open the heavens, to make the kingdom of God the present reality in our world today so that those who feel like heaven's skies are silent and uh, sealed, that they can too can experience the kingdom of God coming down to meet them in the midst of their pain, wilderness, and anguish. If we live into the vows of the of the covenant, the baptismal covenant that we made, that we undertook when we were baptized. It helps us live into this mission. It helps us to realize that we are baptized together with Christ, baptized together with each other. For when we are baptized in the United Methodist Church, when we're confirmed in the United Methodist Church, we covenant, we vow, we promise, we pledge to renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, to reject the evil powers of this world and to repent of our sin. We accept the freedom and power God gives us to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. We confess Jesus Christ as our Savior, put our whole trust in His grace, and promise to serve Him as our Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. We vow to be incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation, to be born by water and the Spirit, to be a disciple of Christ. That is our baptismal vows, our baptismal promise, and our baptismal covenant. We don't undergo baptism to be a passive recipient of God's favor. Jesus doesn't call us from our boats from the shore to have a passive faith. We are baptized together with Christ to begin our discipleship journey with a new identity as Christ calls us to be his disciples so that we might join him in proclaiming of the tearing open of the heavens, the coming down of the kingdom of God here on earth. For today, there are people in our communities, maybe even sitting in the pew next to you, where they're living in a world where they feel like the heavens are silent and shut. They've received hate and judgment from the church. They haven't heard a word from God in a long time. They haven't experienced God's love, grace, hospitality, and forgiveness. They've received an unfavorable diagnosis They've lost loved one after loved one and are in immense grief. They've struggled financially and worried about making rent, their mortgage payments, their electric and health bills. They've suffered a loss of relationship. They aren't sure what tomorrow will bring or even if they can make it to tomorrow. 
They might feel so isolated and alone in this world that they don't feel any sense of connection. They've been hurt, whether intentionally or unintentionally, by family members or close friends. They've been left behind intentionally or unintentionally by those who said that they would take care of them. They've been bullied and picked on in school. They've reached their breaking point of exhaustion levels. They're fighting addictions. They're struggling with their mental health. They are waiting for good news. Waiting for the kingdom of God to come down, for the heavens to be opened, and the reality of Christ to be with them. And our identity as a baptized disciple of Christ means that we are to follow Jesus' lead and attempt to break open the heavens to bring God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven so that others can catch a glimpse of the kingdom of God in this world. Our baptism is more than a symbolic ritual in which we participate in. It's more than just a box that we check off on our path of discipleship. Our baptism is a vow. It's a promise. It's a covenant with Christ to live our lives in such a way that opens up the heavens for those who feel like the heavens are silent and shut. It's a vow, it's a promise to live our lives in such a way that points to Christ and his life. To live our lives in such a way that people know that we are baptized together with Christ and baptized together with each other. For we're to show compassion and grace to someone who has only heard cold words of hate. To deliver a meal and offer food to someone who is treading in so much that they just can't think about preparing a meal or just simply providing a meal to someone who is hungry. To call or to text someone, checking in on them, seeing how they're doing. Going out to eat with friends or with family, inviting someone to join you who needs connection in their life. To stand up for someone who is being bullied or in a toxic situation or just to simply be with the gift of your presence wherever it may need to be. For in our baptismal vows and the covenant that we make, we vow to be a disciple of Christ in our world, to look after each other, because we are baptized together with Christ and baptized together with each other. As I said at the very beginning, introductions are important. The rest of Mark's gospel, which you will discover, explains more about what it means to be baptized. It offers a testimony of the inbreaking of the kingdom of God through Jesus' powerful words and mighty deeds. And I hope that as you journey through Mark's gospel, as you mark his words, that you will discover for yourself the heavens being torn open in your life and the kingdom of God coming down and becoming a present reality. I hope that you will watch Christ in Mark's gospel and how you will follow Christ as you live into your baptismal vows to bring the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven as a beloved child of God and baptized together with Christ and with each other. May it be so.